Hi there, and thank you for tuning in to the following message provided by Renew Church. We pray that this message will be a blessing and encouragement for you. For more information about our church, please visit www.renew.miami. Well, how are you? Yeah? Man, I'm excited to be here. It's been, it's been like six months, maybe longer, that I've been in the uh, pulpit. And so I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I'm <laughs> I'm a little nervous, I don't know if you can tell, <laughs> but it's a good excitement, you know, um, that the Lord just kind of gives, um, so I'm excited to be here. So welcome to the second week of OCD, Obsessive Comparison Disorder. Man, I hope the Lord can speak to you uh, this morning, and so um, let, me, let me pray, let me do a quick prayer, all right? Father, we thank you, use me. God, I just pray that uh, you're, um, we would be able to listen, God, and be able to react uh, to your message this morning. Put me to the side, Lord, and uh, just allow your words just to flow uh, through in me and, and through you, Lord. We love you. We thank you, God, for just the things that you're doing in Renew Church. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. All right. So last week, um, Pastor Trevor said that uh, comparison is a thief of joy. He said that comparison will rip you off. Can we agree with that? So do you ever compare yourself with others? Anybody? Yeah, we compare ourselves with uh, other people, right? Things for things. He shouldn't have gotten that when I've done all of this. Why is he getting that promotion when I've done all the work? Why do they have that perfect home, a prominent family, a better spouse, man? And man, they take these amazing vacations. We, we all compare those things, right, in life. And I, I was out of town last week, and I, I kind of listened to the, uh, to the uh, video, and I was kind of a little jealous because my pastor, Trevor, got a new phone. Did you guys hear about that? He got the uh, iPhone 31 Max Pro. And like, man, I know that guy that gave him that iPhone. And I was a little jelly, you know? And I, I thought that was rude, man. When I see that guy, we're going to talk, man. So, so I was going to ask Pastor Trevor if I can use your iPhone. Can I use your iPhone for a minute? I want to show you guys some comparisons that I sometimes make in life. So can I share that with you this morning? Yeah. All right. So I'm not too tacky, but I'm going to do my best, okay? So let's see if we can turn this baby on. Okay. I don't think I touched it, so that's why, but I think it works. I personally like Facebook. I don't like Instagram. I think... I don't know why, I can't use Instagram for some reason, but I love Facebook. So, <laughs> yes, yes, thank you, Pastor. May the Lord have grace on you. All right, so, yes, I am old, so I'm not too techie. So let's go ahead and go into Facebook. All right. So my favorite thing, like I said, I love Facebook. Let's go into Facebook for a minute. And so I compare homes sometimes. So this is kind of like a normal house, like my house. It's got a few bedrooms, a few bathrooms, 
got a pool, you know. It's not clean. It's kind of like green. Is that normal? A green pool. And we have a big family. And so we have five kids, my wife and I, and Abuelita. She's 106. So, yeah. So it kind of gets crowded at times, you know. We're bumping into each other. Um, So I always wish I had a bigger house, bigger than what I have. And so I want more bedrooms. I want more bathrooms. I want more space, you know. I don't want to bump into my kids. No, I want to stay away from my kids, you know. Uh, I love my kids, but I don't want to bump into them. So I, this is the kind of house I like. Yes, isn't that great? And so I, I looked it up on Facebook, and I said, man, that is the house that I want. It's got 10, bed, ten bedrooms, five bathrooms. It's got a nice blue pool in the back. It's got some amazing lighting, okay? It's got a tennis court. I love tennis court, man. I love playing tennis. I wish I could have a tennis court. This house has it all. So I compare that I, I want this house. So let's see what else I compare in, in life. Broken families. You know, last week, like I said, I, I went to Vero Beach. I went to go visit my older son. And um, it was my daughter's birthday last week. And we decided to take a little small vacation over there. Um, and we decided to go to Universal. And I, I had to rent a scooter because, like I said, three weeks ago, I had knee surgery. And so I couldn't walk for a long time. And so while they were riding, I was on my scooter. And I'll lower the all over the place, kind of beeping at people, beep, beep, get out of the way, I love that. And so there were moments that I would go under a tree and just kind of relax and watch people. And man, let me tell you something, there's a lot of broken families out there. You know, there were families screaming at each other, kids biting each other, um, pulling their hairs, you know, kids crying, you know. And so I kind of was comparing that to my family. I'm like, man, my family's not that bad, you know? <laughs> not too bad. But we all want this kind of family. We want a perfect family, right? A family that, okay, you may argue at times, but in the end, you love each other, right? You ever seen Facebook, and I see this all the time, there are families that have the same outfits. They got the nice little... Uh, Blue T-shirts, white, you know, white or blue, whatever color, and all the shorts are the same. Man, I'm like, wow, that's a beautiful, perfect family. And we live that way, right? We compare families to families. And if they're broken, we kind of realize that. Man, I wish I had a perfect family. So we, we do that. We compare ourselves to that. All right, here's the other thing we compare ourselves to. Yeah, right? A lot of pastelitos, right? <laughs> Croquetas. But... You know, I, we live unhealthy lives. Let's, let's be truthful here, right? We all like three pastelitos and croquetas, and we end up being unhealthy, and when you walk your, your, your stairs, you're out of breath, you know? And so this is how we want to be, and we compare this ourselves. This is what we would like to be, right? <laughs> what do you think? <laughs> right? You want to be like me, right? Um, healthy, uh, I work out daily, pre-COVID, okay, and many of you know that I wanted to lose weight, and here's it, all right, I'm done. 
All right, <laughs> whatever. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, so here we go. So if we're not careful comparing ourselves with others, that can lead to um, other emotions and steal our happiness. Because we begin to measure ourselves with what others do and what they have. And it becomes a trap that will cause us to feel like we don't measure up. We compare our imperfect homes, family, careers, and relationships to the unrealistic standards that's engraved in our mind. You know, you heard that phrase, it's hard keeping up with the Jones. Like they buy a car, <coughs> excuse me, they buy a car, we want to buy a car. They paint their house, we want to paint their, our house, you know. Our kids, they, their, their kids go to a great school, we want our kids to go to a great school. And it's hard to keep up with people whose success is defined on what they do. And here's what, what happens if we continue comparing ourselves with others, with things to things. It can actually lead, lead to envy because we want something that someone else has. For example, money, success, possessions. Comparing can also lead to jealousy because believing that that thing they have should actually belong to us. And eventually, it can cause resentment. And we ask that question, why don't we have that thing? And why do they have that? And we feel like, like life is unfair, right? You know, because we're, we're trying to search for fulfillment, right? And the problem is that if we continue resentment, it can cause other emotions like anger, you know, anxiety, depression. Because we're trying to measure up with the Jones that will lead us into this trap of no escape. Amen? So what is the resentment? Well, it's an emotion of being treated unfair or when someone does something hurtful to us. And resentment can also be a feeling of anger because you have been forced to accept something that you don't like. So um, many years ago, um, my wife and I were uh, invited to a party. And so, you know, and, uh, if you've been to a party, uh, men kind of do a huddle, you know. We go around a circle, and we kind of, you know, hang out. And at that time, I was drinking, uh, socializing with them, and just having a great time. And my wife's friend's husband kind of joined us in the circle. And he kind of started saying hi to every single person in that group, except for me. For some reason, he kind of skipped me. And I kind of was hurt because of that. And I, I felt like he saw that I was beneath him. Because I wasn't as educated as they were or even successful at that time as they were. So I kind of felt rejected. And so for many years, I felt ashamed to kind of discuss this with anyone because deep inside, my status quo couldn't compare with their success in life. I felt like life was unfair, that it was insignificant, unworthy, and not, that I wasn't good enough. So from that moment on, I carried these burdens 
for a long, long time. Because I felt rejected by man. You know, I wish, honestly, that I had a group of friends that would have encouraged me. See, because none of those people in that group were my friends. Because if they would have noticed what that guy did to me, they would have corrected it. Right? And I am so glad that I belong to the men's group. Because I know that I can count on each and every one of these men. That if I'm going through a crisis, when I'm going through that life is unfair to me, that life, that people are treating me incorrectly, I know that I can call on my brother Ted, on my brother JR, on all of my brothers in the men's group, and ask him to pray for me, and ask him to help me, and encourage me in life. Amen? We need that support system in our lives. So if you're not in a men's group, or if you're not in a women's group, get to one. Because it's important that we're surrounded by people who love us, man, who care for us. Amen? So thank, thank you guys. That I, can, I know I can count on you guys. Amen? Yeah. So this resentment feeling would trigger whenever I felt people would disrespect me and make me feel angry to the point that I just wanted to fight, man. I wanted to fight. I wanted to take revenge on them. And so today's message is about a man who has two sons. The younger one was selfish. He ran away, came back home, and the other one was the older brother. He was angry because he felt that life was unfair. He felt like he was being disrespected in life. And so if you have your Bibles with you, we're going to look at uh, um, in Luke 15. So let me kind of, uh, you know, set you up with the scene. So in the beginning of Luke 15, we read that the Pharisee and the scribes were kind of upset at, at Jesus because he was hanging out with, with sinners. And, uh, you know, they were kind of saying, man, why don't you hang out with us? You know, we're righteous people. Why are you hanging out with those sinners, man? Those people are bad. Hang out with us, man. We're cool people, you know? We love God. Hang out with us. But in this parable of the last son, Jesus explains that why he was hanging out with sinners. So this book was written to address the attitudes of the Pharisees and scribes towards sinners. So let's look at uh, Luke 15, uh, verse 11 through 13. So let's go. So Jesus continued. There was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together. All he had set off for a distant country where he squandered his wealth and wild living. So here we see the younger son got the money. You know, first of all, here's, here's one thing that I want to uh, make sure. He disrespected his dad. His, he was kind of saying, Dad, I wish you were dead, Right? He's kind of saying, Dad, I wish you were dead so I, I, so I can get my inheritance, right? So I, he was, I think he was very selfish, you know, because he wanted to do his thing. He didn't care about his father, his feelings. No, he was more about himself. I want that. I want to do my thing. I want to go out party. 
I want to have my freedom. So he made his father sell the land. So that way he can get his portion and do what he wanted. But here's the thing. He ends up spending all the money on unholy living. Man, he was crazy. He was wild, man. Women, drinking, I mean, you name it, he did it. But to the point that he realized at one point that what he was doing was wrong, you know? He kind of felt unworthy. He was living with pigs, eating the food of the pigs. I mean, it, it just got really bad. He realized that he was, he was a sinner, that he was in need. He was hungry. He was dirty. You know, he felt that emptiness in his life so much that he said, man, I'm done with this. I want to go back into the arms of my father. And how many times have we gone astray, right? We've gone astray when we, we realize that the things of the world doesn't fulfill us, right? Only Jesus can fill our lives because he is worthy, right? Amen? So, what does the father do when he sees his son? Let's look in Luke 15, verse 22 to 24. So, but the father said to his servants, quickly, bring out the best robe. Put it on him. Put a ring on his fingers and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have the feast and let's celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. Amen? So the father was happy that his son was whole, man. In fact, as his son was coming home, guess what his father did? He ran towards him to receive him. That is our Father in heaven that will do that for us when we're far away. Amen? He was kind of saying, come here, Bobby. Come here, Bobby. I've missed you for a long time. I missed you. Isn't that awesome? There was no judgment on him on what he did. Man, he just wanted to celebrate his return. Man, he was kind of saying, you know, let's bring out La Gajachina. You know, he started to season the lechon, bring out the best chinaware. You know, he was, he was wanting to throw a party. Isn't that awesome? And I'm here to tell you this morning, man, I don't, if you feel like you're unholy, if you feel like you're far away from God and you're lost, man, I'm here to tell you this morning that our Father in heaven will run toward you. Right? He wants you back in his arms. Yes. That is our Father in heaven. But where's the other part of the family? Where's the brother at? I don't know where he's at. Is he going to join the party or not? So let's see. In Luke 15, 25 through 32, here's, here's what happens. We can see where his brother's at. Says, Meanwhile, the other son was in the field. When he came near the house, he heard music and dancing. So he called one of the servants and asked him, What's going on? Your brother has come, he replied. And your father has killed the fattened calf because he has him back safe and sound. So the older brother became angry and refused to go in. So his father went out and pleaded with him. But he answered to his father, Look, all these years I've been slaving for you and never disobeyed your orders. Yet you never gave me a young goat 
so that I can celebrate with my friends. But when a son of yours who has squandered all your properties with prostitutes comes home, you kill the fattened calf for him. My son, your father said, you're always with me and everything that I have is yours. But we had to celebrate and be glad because this brother of yours was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. You know, and I want you to hear me out on this. Considering the circumstances, it's easy to understand that his frustration, right? He felt betrayed. Kind of felt disrespected and appreciated and perhaps probably unloved. He, li- he just likely had to finish another hard day's work. You know, he probably had more responsibilities. Uh, you know, his brother's been gone for so many years. Uh, you know, had to work more hours. He wasn't in a forgiving mood. He's like, no, that's not going to cut it, man. No, 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 no way. The problem is that he didn't have love in his heart. He had no compassion to his brother, much less to celebrate to, to his little brother to, to return to the family. And I believe that his brother uh, responded kind of selfishly. You guys agree with me on that? Yeah? So the older son is supposed to be a good son, right? He's been with his father. He did the right thing. He worked. He was obedient. But the problem is that in his heart, inside, he was full of resentment. He was angry. You would think the brother had it all together, but he did not, you know? There was a lot of ugliness, deep-rooted anger that built over time. So when his little brother left, um, you know, he had to work, obviously, more hours, you know, and probably ruin his father's name. So even though he, he had, even though he uh, had it all, he felt unfairness and caused him to kind of get angry. So the other brother couldn't see through the eyes of the father. You know that anger blinds us to the point that we become selfish and we care more about ourselves than others? Here's two types of angers in the Bible. One of them is justifiable anger. So Jesus showed that, showed control anger when he started turning over the tables of the tax collectors. So Ephesians chapter 4 verse 26 says, In anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you're still angry. And don't let the devil a foothold. In other words, don't leave your anger unresolved. Take care of it, Take care of it right, right there and then. Because the problem is that when you allow that to linger, it gives that opportunity to the devil to continue picking at your mind, you know? And that can escalate to something even worse. Amen? So another type of anger is called unjustified anger. So unjustified anger is probably the most common and probably the most dangerous because here's the thing. We tend to blow up when someone hurts our pride, right? Simply does something that we feel has wronged us. Unjustified anger, if we give it a chance, will lead us to hatred and anger. It can lead us to sin. It can also cause us to act out of character, even to the people that 
we most love. Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 9. It says, Do not be quickly provoked in your spirit, for anger resides in the lap of the fools. In other words, control your temper, okay? And don't be a fool. No one's saying amen to that, right? Come on. Yes. So his older brother sinned because he could not forgive his younger brother. See, resentment, if not dealt, may have adverse effects that will continue to build up and cause severe consequences. The older brother did not feel like joining the celebration. We can imagine that, you know, uh, was likely full of resentment that built over the years. It, it, it took a lot of time, but it eventually got there to the point that he, he couldn't hold on to it. He exploded. So his older brother was ignorant. His older brother was ignorant. Um, uh, difficult, uh, his older brother was ignorant to all the facts of his youngest brother's difficulties, leading to his re repentance and return. So the older brother reacted with typical carnal emotion, emotions. Instead of trusting his father, his emotions outbursted. In other words, he couldn't control it. So fueled by the same pride that had nearly destroyed his brother, led him to also sin against his father. In his anger and self-pity, he kind of lost sight of what was truly important. All right. So, what is God saying, right? That's where we're at right now. Here's the thing. When we compare the older brother's attitude to that of the Pharisees and scribes, since Christ was kind of aiming at this parallel directly to them, just like the Jewish leaders, the elder brother was living and judging by the letter of the law, not by the spirit. The outer appearance of the, other, of the older brother was righteous, right? He was doing the right thing, right? He was being obedient to his father, and he was working. Hey, everything's great, right? But the problem is that he was walking just like many of us do, right? Hypocrisy and sin. We must have love and compassion towards others. Regardless, man, of what they do or what they have, we got to love them no matter what, right? So here's, here's a, a little uh, quote from uh, Thomas D. Long. And it's, it says that comparison is a trap. So hear me out on this one here. It says, no matter how successful we are and how many goals we achieve, this trap causes us to recalibrate our accomplishments and reset the bar for how we define success. What we've done in the past doesn't matter. Real success or achievement requires something more, a title we've never held, a task we've never done, a company we've never worked for. So the process of comparing requires us to keep making our target more difficult to hit. And if we manage to hit that difficult target, we simply create an even more difficult one at which to aim. So, what does that mean? Well, you know, when we com compare your marriage to other marriages, when we compare what others have, when we compare, oh my gosh, look how thin he is, oh my gosh, look how successful he is, or how great he looks, 
it's important to understand that when we begin to compare what we have, we fall into that trap that we will never be able to fill or hit our target. In other words, we'll never be content. You know, we'll never be happy. So you know what? Stop OCD, okay? Because OCD destroys the party. Amen? So be content with who you are. And if people don't shake your hands, don't worry about it. And if you're overweight, my gosh, be happy with who you are. And if you want to have a patelito, my gosh, have one. Have two. Have three, man. Who cares? Right? Be happy with who God created you to be. Yes. Because God loves you. God created you in a special way. Okay? You're not. You can't compare with nobody else. You are who you are. Because God created you uniquely. Okay? If God is for me, who can be against me? Amen? So here comes the part that we kind of respond. Um, I preached already. Now it's your turn to respond to the sermon. And I want to share this, uh, this story. It's a story about this house that caught on fire. And there was this young boy who was forced to go up to the roof. And his father was on the ground, and he had his arms stretched out. And the father is yelling, jump, son, I will catch you. But the son like, dad, <laughs> I can't, I can't see you, dad. Father kept yelling, Son, jump! I will catch you. But Father, you don't understand. There's a lot of smoke, there's a lot of fire, there's darkness, and I can't see you. But the Father's like, But I can see you, Son. And that's all that matters. You see? Our Heavenly Father loves us. Even though we can't see Him because of our imperfect lives, but He can see us. And when we repent and jump into His arms, it's like having faith, you know, that God will catch us. Despite the ugliness in our lives or even our unholy living, He's there for us. You see, He understands what you're going through. And he will continue to yell out, jump, son, jump. I'm here for you. Amen? Jesus loves you. And here's the thing. When you jump, when you decide to jump, he will exalt you. He will call you his child. He will put on the best robe on you. He will put on that ring and the salop and the, and, the, and the sandals because he was going to celebrate once you were lost and now you are found. Amen? So maybe today, maybe there's some of you here this morning that are lost. You're in sin. 
there's difficulties in your life. You're far away from God. And God, maybe God is calling you this morning to come to him. We know that the Father will run to you. We know that the Father will extend his arm to you when you come to him, right? And so maybe today you never uh, accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. I want to give you that opportunity this morning. Can you bow your heads for a minute? You see, Jesus died for our sins. He died for the ugliness in our in our hearts. He died, was raised three days later. You see, sal- salvation doesn't come from the things that you do. It's not because you know you, you uh, you're good. It's not because you know you do the works. You know, salvation comes in having faith in Him. Amen. So maybe. There are some of you that have never received Jesus this morning. I want to give you the opportunity. If you've never accepted Jesus, would you raise your hand this morning? That's awesome. Okay, not everyone's going to raise their hands or read. That's okay. But maybe today, maybe God is tugging in your heart. Maybe you've done some things. Maybe there's some of you that are far away from God. And maybe there's some of you like the sun. There's some ugliness in you. There's some, you think life is unfair. You know, you've gone through some obstacles in your life. You're like, man, uh, there's some health issues in your life. You think that, you know, maybe God's unfair. You don't like your life. You don't like your career. There's some things in your heart that you need to work out. And you need prayer. Man, we would love to pray for you uh, today. If that's you, if there's some things that you're holding back, would you raise your hand so that we can pray for you later on? If there's some ugliness in your heart, if there's some things that you're dealing with, we want to pray for you later on this afternoon. I see your hands. Amen. That's awesome. Praise God. Praise God. I want to pray for you this morning. Can I do that? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. God, we're, we're not perfect, God. There are times that we, we run away. We do things that are imperfect. But I'm so glad that we can come to you at any point in our lives. When we have done bad things, God, we know that we can come to you because you're always there for us. And I thank you for that, God. God, I pray for those that have raised their hands this morning, God. Just be with them. God, whatever uh, things they're struggling with, God, I just pray that they would just put it in the foot of the cross. That they would give it to you, God. We love you. We trust you. We thank you, God, for the great things that you're doing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right.
Aren't you glad there's a place for you in the Father's house? Amen. Praise God, man. Thank you, Pastor Ricardo. Let's give uh, Pastor Ricardo some love. Thank you for bringing that word, brother. You've been a, a, an amazing uh, brother to me. I don't know if I'm the older brother or you're the older brother. I don't know which one's the wild child, but uh, you've been a great brother to me for, for I don't know how many years. I think 15 years since his oldest son was in my youth group is when we, we started. And his oldest son's like 27 now. So, man, we go way back. So uh, praise God. Highs and lows, ups and downs, good and bad. Uh, but that's what family does, and uh, that's that's what it's all about. And and listen, as Ricardo said, we thank God for the family. We thank God for the groups, the people that we can can talk to, that can speak into our life, that can uh, that can help us when when you know the rest of the world looks down on us. And and let's not get wrapped up in the comparison traps of life. That's just it's so easy because that's that's the enemy. That's the the foothold. That's the way that he's going to try to to bring you down and cause you just to to disconnect and separate. You get angry at what somebody else has or what somebody else is doing. Don't allow that to happen. No, instead, get away from OCD and start saying, God, what is it that you want to do in me? There's only one. You, you see some t-shirts around here. The, the, the Connections team has them. There's only one you. There's only one you. So stop looking to anybody else. God made you, and he made you individually, separately, differently, uniquely for a purpose. There's only one you. Let him let him do what he wants to do in you. All right. Uh, if you're a guest today, we're so glad you're here. This is a connection card. It's on your chair. Fill it out. Tear this apart. Fill this out for us. If it's your first time, we want you to do that and drop by the VIP table, get a gift. If it's your 50th time, maybe you need to fill it out again and take a next step. Maybe it's, I'm committing my life to Christ. I need to talk to a pastor. I want to learn about baptism or I want to join a small group. Whatever the thing is, make sure that you fill that out. Let us know. We want to hear from you on that. And uh, you drop it in the bucket or in the offering box on your way out. We would encourage you to do that. It means a lot to us. A couple other quick announcements that I just want to emphasize this uh, morning. Uh, baptism is coming up in just a few weeks, April the 10th. If you've never been baptized or maybe you were baptized as a small child and you're wanting to make a public declaration, you're wanting to decide today that you want to die to your old self and be raised to new life, make that public decision and declaration on April the 10th. Join us for that. There's a uh, On our website, there's a page for that for more information about it. You can fill that out. And then one of uh, the pastors, one of the leaders will be in touch with you about that. Um, also, I told you that Misfit Youth, um, they had their event yesterday, Color Wars, and, and they did a bake sale. They have some, uh, some more baked items that they have that they brought back today. And those items are uh, to help them raise money for Teen Camp. Teen Camp's June 20th. And uh, they're wanting to send a busload of kids to teen camp. So if you'll overpay for a brownie or a cookie, it's going to help somebody get to teen camp. So on your way out, stop by the little table for Misfit and grab one of those. Um, be praying for uh, Pastor Deke. Pastor Deke, lift your hand, man. And, and let's be praying for Pastor Deke. Uh, last, last month... We psyched you out, and we thought we were praying him out. He was gone last month, but he's gone. This is it, because next Sunday they're doing their soft launch. They're they're uh, moving forward with their uh, their kind of their their preview service uh, for the launch day, which is uh, March the twenty seventh. 
So that's really, really exciting. We're praying for you. If you want to be a part of Renew Church Homestead Campus, man, that we, we welcome that. We encourage you. Maybe you live in the Homestead area or you just want to be a part of a church plant. Like I was talking to a, to a family this after the second, first service, and I was like, man, you know, it's, it's trying to push the boulder when it hasn't gotten anything behind it. It's that momentum that's going to get them going. And then once it starts rolling, that's when it starts moving easier and better. But if you want to help get behind that boulder called Renew Church Homestead and, and give it a push, man, I encourage you, uh, pray about that, even talk to Pastor Deke, um, join join them in that, that campus launch. We are one church in multiple locations, and we're believing God's going to plant seven churches, um, and this is just the second one. And uh, we we want this and believe this to be an exciting thing. So how many of you are going to be praying for Renew Church Homestead? Come on. Come on. Praise God. I need you all to be praying for them. Pray for the team. All right. Finally, I'm going to I'm going to let you go. Uh, but before I do, I want to uh, tell you there's three ways to give to Renew Church. There's the envelopes in the seat back in front of you. There's uh, giving through our website at renew.miami forward slash give. And then there's um, texting the word give to 786-565. 1165. Your giving matters. Your giving is making the difference so that we can plant Renew Church Homestead, so that we can have 24 beds and a, a hope center in, uh, in the Redland area, so that we can support a youth ministry. So we can do the things we're doing. When you give, it makes a difference. And I thank you for your faithfulness in giving to Renew. Will you pray with me as we, uh, we con conclude the service? God, we, uh, we love you and we thank you. We thank you, God, that you, um, you welcome us with open, open arms. As, as the prodigal was, was received back into the Father's house, we thank you that you receive us back into your arms. God, for the one that might be the older, other, older brother, the other older brother, God, I pray that you would um, just help us to be a, a, a people that can not just look on with bitterness and comparison that turns to jealousy and envy, but God, to be able to say, God, what is it that you want to do in me? And, and God, we celebrate the, the prodigal that's coming home. God, I thank you for the good things that you're doing in each and every person that's here, God, and, and the way that you've created them uniquely for a purpose and a plan in their life. God, be with them in all that they face, all that they do. God, I pray that you would bless uh, the conclusion of this service, the giving of these, your tithes and our offerings, God. Bless our, our week, God, and everything that we have in front of us. God, we give it to you, and we praise you, and we thank you for these things. It's in Jesus' precious name we pray. And all of God's people said, amen, amen. Hey, one last thing, amen. One last thing, if you need prayer for any reason at all, before you leave, don't walk that way, walk this way. Some pastors, leaders would be happy to pray with you as we conclude the service. But thank you for being here. Go in his peace. You are dismissed.